Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 8.55am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au if you're listening online. My name is Lauren and I'm joined in the studio today with Christine and Ivana and we're going to be talking to Brainwaves team member Rebecca on her personal experience of rehabilitation. The transition of rehab to independent living can be nerve-wracking yet very empowering. So we're very grateful to Rebecca for coming on the show today to talk about her experiences. Just a warning though, we will be talking about some very confronting topics including suicide and self-harm. So if you're not okay with these topics, then please tune out. All right, take it away guys. Hi Rebecca. Um, So thanks for choosing to really share your journey with us. Um, I think that it's very brave of you to do so and I'm sure that your journey will really shed some light on what rehabilitation is like. So let's get straight into it. So rehab, it's a its a really heavy word. It's a scary word, but for some people it can be a stepping stone. So can you tell us a little bit about why you ended up in rehab and what was the experience like for you? Okay, so I think it was 2010. Um, so on my 16th birthday, um, I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety um, and they didn't think it was safe for me to start antidepressants at home, so they sent me to a treatment facility in Brisbane. Um, and I think I was there for about a fortnight. It was really nice. Um, the nurses there and everyone was really lovely and welcoming. Um, but definitely I was super nervous going in there because I've never been in treatment before, and I think there's a lot of stigma against like rehab and what it's like. Mm. So what do you think helped most for you? For all our listeners out there, do you, would you be able to tell us like, what your typical day would look like? Did you feel supported? You know, how is it different to your outside life? It was, it was really nice because it was really nice because there was, it was a contained environment. It was a contained environment. So um, there, I think there was like 20 other people there who were... Sorry, guys. There was 20 other people there who were in the same situation as me, but obviously different circumstances. Um, the, every day was different. Um, you'd always have to wake up early, uh, have a shower, eat breakfast. And um, at that time, I left school. So I basically just stayed um, in the centre for, I think, basically all day. Uh, sometimes I did art and craft while most people went to the school that was actually there in the facility. Um, I think what rehab did when I first started, and I was completely shocked because I've never been and I've never really understood it, is that when you first go in there, they go through all your bags, they take out all your belongings. I honestly thought that I'd have some communication like with my family and that, but I had no communication with anyone for I think the first four nights. Um, And that's just, I think it's standard procedure. And for me, it was really different because music helped me a lot when I was suffering. Mm. Um, And it was kind of weird and kind of different going from an environment that wasn't strict to an environment that is so strict. Mm. So Rebecca, moving from rehab to living on your own outside, things would have been very different, kind of unstructured. So what was it like when you first exited rehab? How How did you cope with triggers? 
Um, honestly, I didn't really cope. As soon as I left rehab, I relapsed really bad. Um, but that was because it was such a contained environment. So you'd have like your whole day planned out. Like you'd eat lunch at a certain time. You'd talk to therapists at a certain time. Whereas when I was home, I wasn't going to school. So I would basically sleep the whole day because I'd stay up all night because my mind was just going, going absolutely crazy. Um, and like the biggest challenge for me was trying to incorporate the skills that I learned in rehab to like everyday life um and that's something I really struggled with which is kind of why I relapsed um and of course it it depends on the person and their circumstances but I was only in there for like about 14 days so it wasn't they estimated I would probably have to stay like for four weeks but that didn't end up happening anyway um so I think if I did stay longer maybe the outcome would have been different but at the same time I know I, th- I think it's a very it's a very different situation going from being somewhere where you have all these rules in place to like back home where you don't have anyone to tell you what to do besides like your parents. Mm. Yeah going back on you said that they taught you skills in rehab did you find any of those skills helped when you got out? Um, in a way yes um, they taught a lot of coping mechanisms but at the same time because I was still very sick when I came out so I wasn't in the best headspace Mm. as it was Um, and for me the coping mechanisms was to basically do things um, to cope instead of hurting myself which was like the biggest problem for me because I first started back in 2010 Um, so I was about 14, 13 at the time Um, and I find that my self-harm turned into an addiction so trying to replace it with like other coping methods for me it was hard because coming from rehab uh, people tell you what you have to do to get over the triggers but when it comes to it you your thoughts immediately don't go back to those coping mechanisms they go back to something you've gone through Mm. and what you've used in the past. Yeah so when you um, when you exited rehab, wh- who would you say was your biggest support system or who did you go to for support when you needed it? Um, I think as soon as I left rehab, they started me back on counselling because uh, that was part of my treatment plan. Um, I did, I think, counselling for about, I think, n- I think nine months after. Um, I ended up stopping it because I felt like it wasn't working for me. But, like, my biggest support was, like, my mum and, like... I put I put her through hell and like to this day like I'm so grateful for what she's done for me um and at that time I think I'm a very emotional and sensitive person so I always kind of need I always feel like I've always needed like someone to stand by me and I think at that time my mum was the biggest support and like I'm entirely grateful for her Mm. I'm really interested to know what exactly, you know, obviously you told us how you got into the rehab facility in the first place, but more so about what it was like in there. Did you make friends? Was it like a community? Did you have heaps of um, support during the day? Like, did you have counselling as a group, individual? What was it like? Yeah, it was really nice. I think there was about three girls that I got along really well with. Um, One who, um, unfortunately, she was bedridden um, because of her anorexia. Um, I think another one that I met who was actually from the same place that I was from, like in Cairns. Mm. So I thought that was really funny because like 
who would have guessed like someone from like the exact same city would would be in there with me um and she was like a massive support in there but I think ultimately when like you go outside of rehab like the whole circumstances change because everyone's dealing with their own type of thing Mm. um like there was so many lovely people in there but I never really stayed in contact with them and that was mostly because they were either still in treatment or we just lost touch Mm. um but the nurses there were so lovely and it really felt like a community because we'd always do like tasks so I think one day we did a painting um which was based on Katy Perry our firework Mm. our song and I think that I don't know if they still have it up but we all painted it together like the 20 girls that were there and it was just so lovely and nice it was like a reminder and I think it's the kind of support you need especially when you're going through so much and you don't have communication with the outside world. Mm. In terms of the therapy or the treatment that you received there, would you be able to recall what kind of therapy it was and whether it was useful or not? Was it, you know, CBT or was it um, ACT or, you know, what kind of therapy did they rely on in in rehab? Um, They didn't really rely on any therapy really. Um, It was mostly just getting me on antidepressants and trying to work out... um, like issues I had at the time um basically what happened is I think I'd go in to see like the psychologist I think every two days um and we'd basically sit down and calculate why was why like why my routine was so messed up so I think one of the therapies we did was going through my whole daily schedule and tried to plan out everything I did and I think it ended up like the internet was such a big thing for me and we have worked out that I was spending 20 hours of my day on the internet and that was like a massive factor for me because I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't eating properly and everything and it's kind of in a way the whole therapy situation it was just mostly based on starting antidepressants and trying to get through some issues and um basically what they wanted to do is when I when I left treatment um was to continue to see like a therapist and talk through problems and find out what like what the real issue is mm-hmm. so if you could go back to the position you were in today and you had a choice to go into rehab do you think you'd take it um I think so in a in a way even though it wasn't a successful outcome in the end um, that I did end up relapsing and I did take about two, three years break. Um, it was it was a nice experience and I think I'd recommend if you really need some help, it's probably the best place to go to start off. Um, you know, so we've heard a lot about your time in rehab, but I would love to know a bit more about your actual story, how you ended up there and, you know, how things were for you at that time. Yeah, um, so basically when I was really younger, Um, I transferred schools um, and at that time my best friend um, we had a falling out so I'd basically been bullied probably since grade three until I left school and like after year 10 and for me that had a lot of impact on me and how I felt as a person. Um, When I reached high school I found the pressure of trying to fit in with people really bad. Um, I always felt like a loner Um, Like I remember just sitting by the library by myself, just eating my lunch. And sometimes I used to pretend to be on my phone because there would be guys sitting next to me who would just make fun of me. And for me, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. Um, 
and it it like it it really sucked at the time um but like as you get older I think you learn who your true friends are um basically about 2000 my my grandparents passed away which was a huge factor for my journey like I carry a lot of grief and a lot of regret about that um and then in 2010 I was with someone for a long time and sadly he passed away in a car accident so that kind of like put me over the edge in a bit and that's kind of the reason like with bullying and everything that started self-harming like me to self-harm and 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 it was no one's fault like it was completely my own like I don't like to this day I don't know why I do it and I like really regret it um but looking back on it now my whole journey I like the reason why I got went sent to rehab was because of a suicide attempt um and I can't remember how many times like I tried to to commit um and it just got to the stage where I felt like I wasn't worthy I felt like I wasn't important enough and like for me that's all I've ever wanted to do like all I've ever wanted to do was to make people happy and smile and love people and have them love me like Mm. the same way they love they just love everything and um for me 2012 was like my breakdown um I basically went to the to my school about bullying and they told me well if you can't handle it you might as well just leave so that ended up me dropping out of year like wow like the start of year 11 had a full year off went to rehab came back and then I went back to a different school in year 12 um but because I didn't do year 11 found out that I couldn't graduate with the certificate I couldn't I basically wasn't going to get into uni or, or anything I wanted to do, so I just didn't see a point. So I just, I just completely fell out and I start, I relapsed, and it was, it was probably one of the hardest like years of my life, like after rehab, because, you, like, in a way you don't ever want to go back because of just the way you feel and how people in a way of how people think of you. And for me, like how people think about me is. Like it's still important to me, but yeah. Hmm. So is there is there one thing you sort of wish you knew before you went into rehab? One thing that sort of could have changed your perspective, or maybe one thing that you wish somebody would know if they were listening today? Um, I think that a lot of people care, and I think when I was younger, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. Um, it's all right. Take your time. Right. It is a really hard topic to talk about. It's okay. It's okay. Ultimately, I think people do care and I think people have, like, a different way of showing yeah. it and, like, no one loves the same and it can it can be really hard because you have people trying to tear you down. And for me, the most important song throughout my entire recovery was a song by Demi Lovato, um, she, which was Skyscraper, and she actually wrote it... Um, I think before she went in treatment and she recorded it and then as soon as she came out after rehab she it didn't sound the same and I think just for me like the pureness of that is like I think music has a way of capturing your emotions and who you are as a human being and for me that was like the song that I got through that got me through the most and ultimately it made me feel like I belonged and that I cared that people do care and now I've, as I've grown older I've realized that people do care about me like they may not show it in the way that I wish they do but they do 
Yeah. It's a really beautiful song as well. Like I know exactly which one you're talking about. And it's like, especially for somebody of such a high caliber like Demi Lovato to come out and say like, look, I've had mental illness and I know what it feels like. And then to go on and release a song like that is just... It normalizes it. Yeah. It's it's Mm. really, really wonderful. Yeah. You're such a strong person, Rebecca. And to see how far you've come and to see where you are in your life today, it's, it's quite powerful for you to be sharing your story. Um, so in terms of rehab, what did you do after you got out of rehab? Like, how did you gradually ease into life outside of rehab? I didn't really kind of ease into it. Um, in a way I was kind of just chucked back into it. Um, I, I was doing 10 wing bowling for a number of years and basically everyone kind of knew that I went into like rehab. And as soon as I came out, I think people have an expectation that like once you go in and you come out like you're fixed like you're not broken anymore but it's like it's not the case like you still have like even though you're in um isolated environment and you have people helping you like it in a way it kind of doesn't it doesn't reflect like on the outside world because you've got work you've got you've got family problems you've got everything and for me one of the hardest things was I lost my job because I went into treatment and I to this day like I'll never know why and if I didn't do what I was supposed to do but at the same time it's like it's hard because I think coming out of like a treatment facility everyone kind of judges you for it and like it's something like I think if I can be as completely honest with myself and honest with everyone that's the reason Like, that's how I'll recover. If I can be as honest and as true as I possibly can and open, then, like, for me, that's how I can recover from everything. Mm. So you've talked about how, you know, treatment wasn't successful at that time, but what do you think did help you to to get to recovery? And, like, obviously at the point you're at today, you know, like, you're working, you're studying, you're a beautiful girl. How did you get to this point where you're so strong and you know... Like you can, you're very self-aware of the issues you had and how you can almost avoid being put back in that position. I think I've learnt a lot since like my rehab experience. Like I think just meeting a lot of different people, like it opens up your perspective, it opens up your opinions. Like you, like you constantly change your opinion and you constantly change as a person. And for me, I wasn't as as. <sighs> as hard as it is to admit I wasn't as strong as I was back then and I wasn't as mature like I thought that if something might not happen that it was the end of the world like I didn't know how I was going to carry on and in a way now it's if like if you told me if I didn't know anything and you told me this like four years ago of where I'd be today like I I would just laugh because like in a way I've stopped treatment, I've gone back to treatment, I've stopped and I've gone back and this time it's finally stuck and for me I think the most important thing for that happened when I was 18 um, and I got my first tattoo and it actually says stay strong Um, and for me that was a huge part of my life because I went up to mum and I just told her I feel like I'm going to relapse and I need I need something and I know I knew I've always wanted like tattoos like I think they're just beautiful and they can express who you are as a person um so I got my first tattoo like two and a about two years ago now and I've been and I haven't hurt myself in over two years so it's been like for me it's been a journey and 
I regret it. Like, I regret what I did to myself. Like, I don't think I'll ever be able to forgive myself for what I did. But the the most important thing is I've accepted it. And, like, it's a part of me now. And I'm a lot stronger than I was before. And I think that recovery has been, like, the best thing for me because I... And honestly, I think if I didn't go through the stuff I went through, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I... I think it's really opened me up to be an important person because yeah. um, I want, I want, I think in a way I want people to be treated the way that I would have liked to be treated when I was younger. And I think that I try to re- do that as much as I possibly can. Um, but yeah, four years on now living in Melbourne, studying my dream job, have two published articles on the internet and now working here like it's like it's amazing and I don't know what I would be able to do without my family and like my friends and people who supported me in my whole journey and even though it's been tough and and I've at times not been the nicest person in the world but I think everything was worth it for where I am now and I think that's the most important thing. Wow your journey has been such a long one but such an inspirational one like thank you to see where you are today it's just amazing like you have so much strength within you um I guess a question that I'd like to ask is what advice would you give to someone out there who might be in a similar position to you when you were first admitted into rehab um I think going back to what I said before is that you're not alone I think that when you're suffering from mental illness it can be very isolating Um, And I know before I even got diagnosed, I had people around me who were just like hiding and weren't really talking about an issue, the issues that were going on. Um, I think that like you're never truly alone. I think there's always at least one person in the world that does care and does does care and love for you. And in a way, if people think that no one cares about them, I'm I'm just going to say I care and I do. And I think... The most important thing is to know that you're not alone and that it's okay and you can it's possible to recover. Hmm. Okay, there's such a wonderful story for us to share tonight. So thank you so much, Rebecca, okay. for coming onto the show and telling us all about your experiences. And thank you to Christina Nirvana for helping interview. Um you can catch more of our shows at our website, which is brainwaves.org.au. Or you can find our podcasts on the 3CR website, which is 3cr.org.au or on iTunes. If you have any show ideas or if you want to get in contact with us, feel free to email us brainwaves at mifellowship.org. Thank you for listening and we'll be back next week for a new episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.